0: God, from whom all blessings flow. a song that I won't sing. (laughs) Y'all know the song. It's a Christmas song, but it's not really just for Christmas. Go tell it on the mountain. Y'all know that. Go tell it on the mountain. And it reads like this. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. As they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Now when they were going, behold, Some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever, I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in Thy sight. Oh God, my strength and my Redeemer, it's in Christ's name we pray. And uh, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk on this subject. Go tell it. Go tell it. Now that Jesus has risen from the grave, one Sunday we got him to the grave on, on Palm Sunday was the day that he enters into Jerusalem for his last week. We discovered that the reason for him coming into Jerusalem was not for the cheers and the hosannas and the praise, but the reason for him coming into Jerusalem was for Friday. Many of you know that there is no Glory without a Friday. Any victory that you're going to have, any kind of achievements that you're going to make in this world, Friday must come first. The word says, a time when you have to go through something to get where you want to be in life. So Friday came. On the first day, and then we said, if you hold on a little while longer, the next Sunday, on Easter, I'm going to get him out the grave. Last Sunday, he rose with all power in his hands. He got up. God got him out the grave so that no matter what our circumstances or situation is, we know that God is able to bring us back to a better place. So there is no hopelessness in our troubles. Because if you're a child of God, the Bible says that all things work together for good. So no matter what your circumstance is, we know that God is somehow trying to work it out for you. Our job is to hold on a little while longer. And never doubt that God is able to bring us out yes. and to bring us through. And so today we raise this question, what happens after Easter? Should we celebrate? Should we go back to business as usual? Should we do something different? Well, the world is in so much trouble. Sin is wreaking havoc in people's lives. Uh, yeah. Sin is destroying people's lives, but God has offered the gift of eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. And we need to do something about it. We need to spread this very good news we have an obligation to go tell it on the mountain. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know that song. I wanted to sing it because it was so relevant. Go tell it on the mountain is an African American spiritual written by John W. Work, dated back to at least 1865. It has been sung and recorded by many gospel and secular performers. It is considered a Christmas carol because its original lyrics celebrate the nativity of Jesus. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Yes, it's true. We need to go tell it on the mountain and everywhere else. We need to tell people more than just about his birth, however. And that's because it's his death that saves us. And his resurrection proves that he wasn't fooling around. If I have a prayer in church this morning, yeah, it is his death that brings us into this whole new Christianity. Remember, if he had just died, And never got up, Christianity would never have been born. Uh, But when the disciples discovered that Jesus had died and they were going back, Peter, the chief apostle, said, I'm going back fishing. Some of the others just didn't believe it. You know, Thomas couldn't believe it. The Bible says that all the rest of, when he came to see him, all the rest of the disciples were there, but Thomas wasn't there. Thomas had gone back to his usual stuff. And when he said, they told him that Jesus had came around, he said, no, I can't believe that. Y'all boys just saw an illusion. He said, I'm not going to believe it until I'm able to put my hands on the wounds and put my hand in the side with the spear within. It. And then I will believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And that's all a lot of us, we don't believe it until something happened to us. Yeah, when something happened, when we have an experience uh, all of a sudden we call on the name of Jesus. We know Jesus like we never knew Him before. I wish I had a prayer in church up in here. Uh, but, but the reality is we need to repeat the truth of Scripture everywhere we go. Listen church, There are some things that we need to tell people about the good news. And uh, some people get so confused about what is the good news? What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is the death, the life, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Tell somebody. And then, so what do you tell them? What do you tell them about all of this, about this good news? First of all, tell them about the truth of Jesus, what the text says, now when they were going, behold, some of the watch, that's the soldiers, came into the city and showed them to the chief priests all the things that were done. The guards reported to the chief priests everything that had happened, they repeated the truth of what had happened, and we need to report the truth, especially the truth of Scripture. We need to repeat the truth of Scripture everywhere we go. Scripture is truth. If there's anything we can believe in today, it is the Bible. Yes. Yes. If you want to quote someone, then quote God. Amen. Most people can't argue with Scripture. And no one can win against God. We should just lift up the truth of Scripture and let it stand. Yes. Because Scripture, what, is always right. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter how you feel. The Bible is always right. I can't get an Amen right long through there. But I know I'm right, right long through there. Amen. amen. Look at Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to divide the soul and spirit. Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. There's absolutely something powerful about lifting up the God's word. The Bible is God inspired, and it should be read, memorized, and lifted by God's people. Second Timothy three thirteen says this: What evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived, but as to you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God stands truth. We need to be people of the book. We, we must believe it and speak its truth everywhere. We must be quick to lift the Bible as the inspired truth of God. Mark 13:31 says this: Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. Yes. Yes. There's an old saying that when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Y'all heard that commercial. But better yet, when Jesus speaks, people listen intently. Jesus' words are indeed words to hang on to because they are life giving, yes. they are not empty words. John 6:63 6, says, They are the words of the spirit of life. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. So we listen to Jesus' words. They give us hope in a world of hopelessness. And um, the Bible tells us not only are we to um, hang on, but his word is to be shared with others. Uh, The Bible is telling us that he is the bread of life. Uh, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Um, He says, without his blood, we have no life uh, in us. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has, has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. But my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. Truth. It is God's word that we lift up. But not only the Bible tells us to go lift up the truth, but the Bible tells us to go lift up Jesus as truth. And that is to worship Him. The Bible says that they went and they saw Him, they worshiped Him. Church, in the simplest term, worship is giving back to God that which is rightfully His. Y'all heard me say this all the time, that um, uh, worship is just really practice for what you're going to be doing when you get to heaven. Amen. You can turn that heat off by I thing. Amen. Yeah. It got me hot up here. Yeah, I know it's good. Thank you, Big ball We wanted it warm when we got here this morning. But it's over. It's overworking itself now. <laughs> Praise the holy name. You see, church, we got to make sure that uh, we worship God in spirit and in truth. Spirit actually means rushing wind. The word for spirit means luma, which means wind or spirit, is derived from the root word neo, which means to blow, and. um worshiping God in spirit denotes worship him under his influence or under his control. So basically the first criteria Jesus speaks of here that a person have a relationship with God that they, that they, that they have trusted in God's work through Christ for salvation and that they are under God's control. Yeah. Second, Jesus said that God is looking for people who will worship him in truth. Yeah. The word truth is althea which means true is derived from the word altheas which literally means to take notice so worship is specifically accomplished when those that know god take notice of all that is true about god worship is grounded in truth and the more we know god the deeper our worship will take us so our worship is grounded not just in what others have experienced for what we have experienced ourselves. We get to understand God in three ways. First, a child can catch who God is by watching his parents or other people. Secondly, we understand God by looking at scripture and seeing how others have experienced God. And third, found that we know God by our own experience. It's a whole lot of people who don't read the scripture But they know God Because they know that God Has brought them through a whole lot of stuff God has brought them through sickness God has brought them through pain God has brought them through heartache God has brought them through a whole lot of stuff I know there's a God somewhere Because of what he's done in me And for me And through me I don't have to go ask somebody else about The goodness of God I know the goodness of God. I don't have to go tell, ask somebody else about how I know that God is a provider. Because I know the other day he provided for me and for my family. Yeah, we, got to, we got to know, church, that, um, that you got to know God for yourself. Yeah, you, got to, you, know, you, you can see how other people have done it. That's why we come together. That's the purpose of church. So we can get strength from other people's experiences. And then we read the Bible, trying to get a glimpse of what God has done for other folk. Mm -hmm. But guess what, that's other folk's stuff. The Bible is either other folk's stuff, how God has dealt with them. And that's good, because sometimes you gotta tell somebody, if there's a big old hole, Cliffs that they're about to go over. I don't have to go over the cliff to know that that's, that that's bad. All I gotta do is have somebody wave and say, hey, don't go down that way. That's what the Bible is. It's a big wave. Don't go that way. Wrong way. But so many of us don't listen to the Bible. We're gonna go in there. You know, that's how some of our children are. You know, they, you try to tell them, son, that ain't the right way to do it. And they're going to say, okay, you don't know, you old. But there are some things that just don't get on. Foolishness don't get on. Stubbornness don't get on. And guess what else don't get on? Wisdom don't get on. And so sometimes we got to listen to what others have to say. But every now and then, church, we got to grab God for ourselves. We got to trust Him for ourselves. And see, that's why you, that's why I like Jacob. I'm about to wrap it up. Because Jacob, if you notice in the text, he always, before he had an encounter with God, he always referred to God as the God of of, of Abraham and Isaac. He never referred to God as his own God. But when he had went them, when he went to his his, his uh, one of them got his two wives Rachel and Rebecca he got his two wives and he got his other two whatever they were got them pregnant. He come back with 12 13 children, 12 boys and one girl he come back home and his brother Esau had vowed to get it because he, you know, he had tricked Esau out of his heritage and out of his blessing. So Esau had vowed to get it, and so he, he coming back home on his way back home. Esau he had to report. Esau got four hundred men and they own horses and they on the way. Jacob said, "Oh my God, I got to do something here." So he gets to pray. You know the story. He got to praying, Lord, you got to get me out of this one. Yeah, yeah. And he got to wrestling with God. You know the story. He got to wrestling with God. And uh, he wouldn't let the angel go. The angel said, let me go. He said, no, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. God. God. And sometimes we got to hold on to God until he blesses. And then when God, when God blessed him, The Bible tells that he broke his hip and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And then he had some kind of new, renewed experience with God. And God even changed his name from a deceiver to a prince. Uh Y'all not hearing me. God can change your situation. God can change your outlook of your own self. So he says, "Um, I got this encounter with God. And so now what happens is that when 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 he refers to God now, he says, "I'm going to make a, 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 a altar." He calls it El Bethel. Yeah. Now El just means God. Beth means home. El means God. So he says, "Now that only, not only this is Bethel, which is the home of God, He's my God with yeah. the home of God." Yeah. So he begins to say, "Now." This is not the God of just Abraham and Isaac, but this is now my God. And when you have an encounter with the master of the sea, yeah, the one who can move mountains, the one who can change uh, 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 water into wine, the one who can heal the woman with the withered hand, the one who can get your child out of jail. The one who can raise you up from your drug abuse. The one who can get you out of uh, domestic abuse. When you have an encounter with the real God. Something happens to you, church. There's a change in how you refer to God. He's no longer their God. He's my God. Oh, tell the truth about Jesus. Yes. And then tell them about his resurrection. Tell them about that we we serve a real God. After Easter, we need to make disciples, the Bible tells Mm us. We need to convince people that Jesus is the only Savior of the world. And their only hope of salvation. I read one of the basic principles of marketing. A product is to come up with a simple, consistent, message and repeat it over and over again. Think about some of the ads we've heard over the years. Now y'all tell me who this is. It melts in your mouth and not in your hands. and M. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. It takes a licking to keep on ticking. Reach out and touch someone. at that's the old AT&T. That's the long-distance AT&T, not the, the wireless AT&T. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. That's alka And where's the beef? Wendy's. Wendy's, amen. <laughs> finger licking good. <laughs> Kentucky Fried, we know about the chicken people. We know about chicken. Yeah, now here's the old one. You gotta be real old and know this one. A little dab. What do you? Burger Cream. All right, somebody done. Somebody done fly the guy and lay their hair to the side. They know all about Burger Cream. Yeah. We bring good things to life. That's GE. That's right, GE. You deserve a break today. McDonald's. Everybody, kids know McDonald's. And have it your way. Burger King. All of these are simple messages that all of us know down through the years and you don't forget it we need to advertise who Christ is something simple, something very simple. We talk about the gospel we talk about that he died for our sins he was buried and he rose again and see part of our part of our our deception is, That people have come along making us think that we haven't been preaching the gospel. And the good news is, church, as long as you know that Jesus lived, Uh that he died, that he was buried, and he rose again with all power in his hands, you have preached the gospel. You need to add one more thing to that. He came into my life. See, his resurrection meant something to me because he came into my life. And, and listen to me, church. The good news is it's still all about what we've been talking about throughout this whole year. Go tell it on the mountain. Yes. Go tell it everywhere. Yes. Go tell people about the goodness of God, what he's done for you. Yes. What's that song? Oh, what he's done for me. Oh. Oh. oh what
1: is done for me? Oh what is done for me
0: I never shall forget What is done for me? Come Listen, I'm back. Oh, oh. What is done for me? Oh what is done for me To heard the word of God, if you're here in the house today, we invite you to come to give your life to Christ. What we do after Christmas, after Easter, we go tell him. We go tell people about the goodness of God. If you're in the house today and you need a church home, we invite you to come be a part of our fellowship. If you're in the house today and you need prayer, We invite you to come and stand around the altar. The door of discipleship is open. Will you come? Discipleship, prayer, membership, will you come today? What is done for me? What is done for me? What come to this place. We come to the altar to lift up your holy name. We bless you today, O Lord, for you are a mighty God who does all things well. And we lift up your name, God, because you are the only living and true God. And before you there is no other. So, Heavenly Father, we come to you because we know that in the end time, that every deed shall bow and every tongue will confess that you are the Lord of lords and the God of gods. You are the King of kings and the master of the sea. You hold all power in your hands, O God. And so we give you praise. O Lord, we come to you this morning. Because we said we, said we can bring all of our cares and concerns to the altar of prayer. And we ask, oh Lord, that you would hear our prayers, oh God. Yes, Lord. And hear our cries as they come before you. So, Heavenly Father, we have those who have gathered around the altar. Yes, sir. And you know all about their issues this morning, God. Yes. You know all about their circumstances. Yes, their challenges this morning. Yes, God. So God, we ask that you would just touch right now in the mighty name of your Son Jesus. Yes, Somebody's here today, oh God, because they are short on their finances. Lord. Lord, I heard that you are God that said, "You are the God of my shepherd. You are my shepherd. I shall never lack anything." Oh God, we believe your word and we trust in your word, oh God. So God, those who are short this morning, yes. we ask, Heavenly Father, that you would bless their pocketbook right yes, now. God. Yes, God. Bless their resources. Bless their opportunities. Yes, to receive that which you have for them. Yes. Open up the doors of opportunity. Yes, Send people toward their businesses and their products. Open up the hearts of those who, are, uh, who have their destiny in their hands. Yes, oh, God, give opportunity right now for jobs to be open to them. Yes. Heavenly Father, you know all things about this world in terms of economics. So, God, touch right now in the name of Jesus. We bless now, Heavenly Father, those who are standing around the altar because they have some health issues. You know all about our bodies, oh God. So, God, we lift up those who are on our sickness. We call out their names, Sister Edmund and Rodgers, and Norris, and James Williams. And we call out all of those persons, Lord, that you know. That we need to pray for. We ask Heavenly Father that you would just touch Becky Sorrells right now. As she goes through surgery this morning. Those who are battling cancer, oh God. Those who are recovering from all sorts of diseases. And even those, oh God, who are standing in this building. With aching bones. Eyes that don't see as well as they used to. Blood that's not percolating like it should. And you know all about our diseases, oh God. And all of our circumstances. Help us with our weight. And I, not only help us, oh God, with our weight. Oh, help us, Lord. Jesus, help you. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke every evil thing that comes into our bodies that's not supposed to be there. Give us strength to rebuke it, oh Lord. Then, gracious God, we pray for the brokenhearted. We lift up Minister Bell who lost her aunt, O oh God. And those of us who have lost our loved ones. You know all about heartbreak, God. But you lost your only begotten son. But oh, we give you praise. Because you got the power, oh God, to lift him back up again. So God, we ask that you would give strength to those who are in bereavement. To let them know that this is not the end. That they hold on to your unchanging hand. That they will meet their loved one once again. Oh, Lord, thank you. Then, gracious God, we lift up our nation, our president, his family and cabinet, and all of those persons that we are duty-bound to pray for. We lift them in prayer today. Oh, gracious God, thank you. Oh, heavenly Father, we come to this place and we lift up even our children as they begin to gather themselves to go back to school, yes, make sure, we ask the Lord that you will make the school safe. Yes, we bless our children who are returning back to college. Yes. Keep them in your perfect peace. And oh, God, we give you all the praise once again for we know that you are a mighty God who's able to hear our cries and even to supply the things that will Make our cry heard. So, God, we thank you. We ask all these prayers in the precious name of Jesus for Christ's sake. Amen, 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 amen. and amen. Give God some praise, something for me, if you will, uh, if you will, can I just ask you to do something for me, if I can get the people on the end to come in the middle, and we all sit together for the Lord's supper, it would help us out today, Amen. I appreciate you being so kind and so thought-worthy. Have our children just come on right on down to the front. Y'all come right on down up here to the front. We're going to go on, baby, with our large supper. So come on.